but I've seen people do it. Do IG Live and Facebook Live at the same time? Yeah, they do. Hmm. Okay. They do? I have seen that. All right, cool. Well, I wonder if mine is doing that. Uh, I'm going to in my hair to make this. <laughs> it's cute. Oh, I remember that from back in the day. Shout out to my ass in it. Um, <laughs> I wonder if we can. If I, Whatever. Am I doing Facebook Live, man? Y'all, my, my computer's steadily dying. I'm out here in this parking lot. We got uh, <laughs> oh, for real? 30% left before. <laughs> it's on 89%. Let's, I started okay, yeah. at 99 you know. Let's make it happen. Okay. All right, let's go ahead and do, do this thing then. <laughs> so, everybody, welcome to Street Academy Podcast. This has been a long time coming. Uh, I am one of your co-hosts, uh, Jonathan Grant. And these are the other two co-hosts of Street Academy Podcast. We are recording, right? I just want to make yeah, it's sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure that the, it's coming through the right things. Um, let me see. The speaker. It should be. I think it should be here. Mm. Select this speaker. What should be here? I don't know. I don't even know. I hope it works. We'll see. Um, can y'all hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I can't hear y'all, so that means I did it wrong. Okay, can y'all hear me? Yeah. Okay, now I can hear y'all. All right, cool. So yeah, this is right. All right, cool. So yeah, let me go ahead and um. So you got the microphone. Okay, just want to make sure. I'm gonna put my earphones in. All right, so um, I'm one of the calls, Jonathan Grant. Uh, these are the other two, Amber K and Dr. Hater, in the building. <laughs> so y'all go, y'all go get all the inside jokes later. As if, if you keep following, we're gonna be doing this song, man. We just trying, man. Um, we just we just trying this thing out, and I'm I'm gonna go into a little bit more detail about why we're doing it now. In a second, but before I do that, I'm gonna just give uh, the other two co-hosts just a chance to kind of introduce themselves and say whatever they want to say. Oh, sorry, I got a bottle. Clearly, <laughs> Amber, you want to go? No, you can go. Okay. I'm gonna use whatever model you do. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I'm Jackie, and as John said, Doctor Hater. He's also Doctor Hater, but the things I hate on most are racism, <laughs> sexism, oppression. I hate on those all day, every day. Hey. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's it. Okay. Excellent. Okay. Oh, we're doing like that. Great. Okay. So my name is Amber Camila. Um, I guess I haven't made it to the level of being a doctor hater. I hope <laughs> that one day that I can achieve this kind of uh, degree. It's the only kind of degree that I might formally recognized later in my life. You don't want to be um, a hater. You don't want to be. <laughs> but, I, but you know what I will say? I'm a, doc, I'm a doctor anti-establishment. So I yeah. think that's just, that's just me in general. So <laughs> Dr. A.E., we could do that or something like that. I don't know. We'll see what sticks. But um, let's see. I have a passion for um, liberation of the minds, the hearts, and the spirits of primarily uh, people of the African diaspora. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, and outside of them, sure. Sure, we can add them. Add them in later. <laughs> but I'm becoming, I'm becoming more and more impassioned for my people, and so I'm excited to be a part of this com- this conversation with these two brilliant minds, right there and right yeah. there. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Yo, this is, yeah, this is this is crazy. Um, and 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 you'll find out more and more about us. I think as we, you know, again as you follow us and and what we're doing and what we got got going. And I'll let them. I'll put it this way: these two black girl magics right here have incredible resumes. <laughs> I'm not going to embarrass them though. I'm gonna let them just un unveil anything they want to unveil about themselves as it moves forward. But just know you in the presence of greatness when you with these sisters. And so, um, yeah, I'm just- And the same with our brother, Don, right here. Yeah, the same, yes, the same. You really know me, you know I'm a mess. I, I, I'm a mess. <laughs> That's the thing, it's, it's, we have a dual existence. You can both be a mess and be brilliant. Oh, yeah. we, live, we live three dimensional lives. I, I feel more of a mess than <laughs> But I, I, you, I do what I can, use what I can to make whatever impact I can make. So, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about this. Um, so it's, it's, well, I guess uh, the first thing I should do um, is tell you what Street Academy podcast is. Um, and so uh, when I was in in school, uh, one of my mottos uh, when I would go to class and things like that and just trying to achieve higher education, achieve success in higher education, was it was always good to keep one foot in the academy and one foot in the street. And so when we talk about the academy, what we're talking about is, um, you know, universities, colleges, higher education, that sort of thing. Um, and I don't know, I just always felt it was important to be there, but then also be out in the streets and listen to what people are saying, you know what I mean, what people are talking about. And that they should inform each other. You know what I'm saying? Like these two entities should inform each other. So that was just always my motto as I was going through taking my classes and doing the projects and doing the things that I needed to do. Um, so when, so then I met up with these two sisters and I, I, I can let y'all talk more about how we linked up and how we got together and what that led to. Um, but really what, what ended up happening um, was when we decided to do this, I was just trying to kind of think of a name for it and what to do. And that came back to me was my motto, uh, one foot in the academy, one foot in the streets. And for me, it was always about um, making sure that conversations in the, in the streets, what was happening in the barbershops, in the hair salons, in the churches, um, you know, in people's um, dining room tables, um, you know, at the clubs, at the at the trap houses, you know, on the corners, in the in the driveways, what these conversations are, are happening should inform our theories in the academy. It should inform mm -hmm. what we yeah. think and what we Absolutely. write, and how we conceptualize and contextualize ideas around race and class and gender and sex and politics and all of that. At the same time, uh, we should then take the things that we learn, our scientific approaches to things. Um, and we should use that to help uh, couch a lot of the conversations that's had in the streets into something that's organized that we can put into a theory and then use that to push uh, you know, our society forward and move towards black liberation. And so I think it was Asada Shakur, Angela Davis, one of them uh, talked about the importance of theory and practice. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of times we hear conversations about, you know, just people just, just spewing out ideas, but it's not actually, you know, couching any type of, of, of scientific research and study, something that can hold facts, um, something that can be proven or something that's been studied. So I just kind of want to blend these two conversations. And so that's what you'll hear a lot with our conversations with these podcasts, with this podcast, 
Somebody called it. Somebody said it sounded like an academic breakfast club. <laughs> I was like, I like so. <laughs> I was, I was, I was one of my friends. She was like, "That's not like an academic breakfast club." I'm, I'm down with that. So mm-hmm. I was like, "All right, I'm cool with it." So, uh, yeah. So also, um, you might not see all three of us all the time because we all have different schedules. But uh, if it's not all three of us, it'll be one of us or two of us. And you know, we might have somebody else, and we might be interviewing them, interviewing somebody who's also, uh, what we say, a part of the Street Academy, which is they have mm. their professional lives and what they're doing, whether it be they're in the academy, in the university, or they could be, or just any type of professional life that they got going on. But they're also looking at how they are, you know, using that to, uh, on the grassroots level, on the street level, and how they're also practicing Street Academy in terms of using their professionalism to inform what they're doing out in the streets. And so, We'll be interviewing people, uh, professors, musicians, uh, doctors, lawyers, all different types of people, activists, um, just regular, you know, people, just common folk, blue collar workers, whatever. We're just going to be talking to health workers, all different types of people. Um, The plan was to do this kind of together because of COVID and we want to make sure everybody's safe. Uh, We decided to initiate this through Zoom. And then, you know, once all this is over, you'll see us all together and just doing our thing. So, yeah, I think that's a good, does that provide a good kind of? A good foundation, brother. That's good. good. That's really good. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess talk a little bit about how we we came together. uh, And then we'll go right into the topic for the day. Man, I mean, we all, we all cross paths here in Atlanta. And then, um, you know, for the past few years, two of us have been away. I was out in the Midwest. Amber was up north. And Mm -hmm. it's interesting because we continued to have conversations about the things that we were seeing that were strikingly similar in these three different locations, Atlanta, Midwest, Northeast. Um, but we're like nuanced in, in interesting ways. And um, now we're back all together in Atlanta, you know, trying to push the conversation forward continuously. So here we are. Yeah. And I guess formally we could also say that we met through, I, I think that in some way we went, we met through church groups. I think, mm-hmm. well, no, John, I met you back at Oakwood um, HBCU. Jonathan Grant was the president of an organization of anarchists on campus called Art and Soul. (laughs) Anarchists slash weirdos, kind of weirdos, not too much too weird. And I just so happened to join that group, and John was uh, my president, and so we maintained contact, which is beautiful. And then I met Jackie through church, church stuff, some kind of way in Atlanta. And then I think we Mm -hmm. also maintained contact in Atlanta more. Um, while we were there and before Jackie and I split off into our respective mm-hmm. places where we really learned a thing or two about whiteness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we definitely gonna talk about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, probably mm-hmm. in this episode as well as in some, uh, some other episodes, in, in future episodes. So, um, yeah, yeah, I just remember that uh, with all of us, um, uh, with all of us, uh, uh, always coming back, and we just always used to just keep in touch, just go out to eat or yeah. something, mm-hmm. talk about. And I have pictures. Like, 
those like eight hour long oh, lunches yeah. and dinners. Yeah. I was <laughs> going to say, for the archives, I have screenshots of every conversation. For real? Yes. Oh, we need those. Yes. And I will send those. Yes. I have screenshots from, so it should have dates on it. So we can like track like the dates that we talked and stuff. I just got there on different mm -hmm. computers, you know, but I'm going to find them and send them to you. And so we actually formed a, a, a chat group called Black Girl Magic featuring uh, <laughs> AKA Real Niggas Don't Die. So that was the first <laughs> chat group. And this thing lasted for like a year and a half. Like yeah. we talked like every month, every six weeks and just caught each other up just about what was going on. And then one time I was like, man, this needs to be something. Like people need mm -hmm. to hear this. People need to hear these conversations. I think this is really good. I think people would like it. Um, so then we just decided to put this together and, uh, yeah. So this is really some years in the making, right? Here. It is. It is. We here yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. So I'm excited. Um, so I wanted the first episode to just kind of talk about, um, you know, maybe be something light or just kind of, you know, fun or whatever as we transition and all the serious stuff, but y'all see what's happening. Y'all see what's going mm -hmm. on. You know what I'm saying? And I was just like, you know what, what better time to start than now? At first I was like, man, let's just do this. You know, let's wait until we can all be together after COVID. And I was like, nah, you know, I thought about Petey Green, you know what I'm saying? In the sixties and during the, during the, during the riots, you know, after King was murdered up in DC mm -hmm. and how he just got on the microphone, you know what I mean? Got on the radio mm -hmm. and just started talking mm -hmm. and using his voice to help bring a voice to the anger of the people at that time. And so I just feel like that's the spirit of what we do. You know what I'm saying? The spirit of, mm. you know, a P. Green, the spirit of, you know, Anna Julia Cooper, the spirit of mm. Brianna, Brianna Teller, the spirit of George Floyd, mm. you know what I'm saying? W.B. Du Bois and, and Patricia Hill Collins and I don't know, whoever else y'all want to say, you know what I'm saying? Um, that's just kind of the spirit of, 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 of what, why we doing what we doing, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And so we was like, you know what? It ain't never going to be no perfect time. Let's just go ahead and just Start now. Let's just let's just start these these episodes and this podcast and this conversation. Um, and so, with that said, um, as y'all already know, um, you know it's been crazy, particularly here in Atlanta. It's been crazy. Mm. A couple of days with the murder of uh, George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and Amari Aubrey, and that's just a small. You know, it's just so many others. You know what I'm saying? It's not just yeah. even about that, but just about decades and decades and really centuries yeah. of oppression. Um, and so we just gonna talk about it and discuss it. Um, so how y'all feeling? Let's, let's get into it. I mean, for me, even when you just started saying like, we're here in the spirit of all of those individuals and I just started thinking about, and you said like, you know, what other people do you wanna add? I mean, it's just so many. It, it's so many in terms of those who have been lost, um, those who, have been working on this for for many many decades so like mm. you know you think about Malcolm or you think about Fannie Hamer who had like all those before us and like Du Bois or like um like any all of the greats right they've been talking about this for the last hundred something years you know or like Frederick Douglass or whoever else right and then you have still the people who we you know times have evolved and now we have hashtags to talk about these same things and how many hashtags mm. we've experienced most recently 
and just being it just really just struck me even in that moment thinking about all of the names like Sandra Bland right um you could just name so many Freddie Gray Trayvon Martin um and it's just like we are here as the collective like the the we aren't separate. And I think when I think about being black in America, and even using the term black, but that's a whole nother conversation, but being black in America, um, an American ideal is individualism. And individualism is also um, a, a crucial characteristic of white supremacy culture. And that is like not who we are as a people. Like we are connected. We are people who feel and we are a collective and we stand as a collective. And I think I'm just, I'm struck by the collective grief that we feel this time. I feel like the pandemic mm. was just, it was just like, we don't have the emotional capacity to try to act like this shit is okay this time. <laughs> like, we're like, we're already going through all this pandemic stuff. It's just like the emotional capacity is not here. We're boiling. We're done. And I feel like it was like, the, the timing of this couldn't have been, I think... I don't know if it was cosmic. I, I don't know. But it's just like, I can understand why at this point we're like, we can't take it. And I can understand why people are going to the streets because it's too much to be mad about. Um, even when it comes to the pandemic and just, I, I think it's really unveiled the in, enormous gap, the enormous wealth gap in this country. Um, and I think it's, it, it's also unveiled the enormous hypocrisy in this country to all of a sudden begin to call what people have mostly considered up until this point the lower echelon of society now you want to call them the essential workers and so it's just like it's this hypocritical moment it's such a hypocritical moment so now we're essential but then you still don't treat us as essential workers you, you still don't give us the respect of people who are really important you know and are making and, and are making sure that this this whole thing is still running so you still don't treat us like that so it's like i know people who worked in grocery stores or work um in the mail services area and it's just like uh, supervisors don't talk about it at all didn't talk about COVID for for a long time that's right didn't talk about safety gear it's just as though nothing happened it's just though it's like not, and it's just like, are these the essential workers? But we're still not even getting the respect and the acknowledgement that there's a pandemic happening and that we're continuing to go to work and that, you know, we're like pressing through. And so I feel like, you know, all of these different things have just bubbled inside of Black America. And it's just like, George Floyd was just like, you cannot have us working this hard and maintaining America in a sense, not saying that all of all black people in America are essential workers, but a lot of us are. Um, but to say you can't be literally like we are pushing forward on this thing, like we're keeping the country together and then you literally put a boot on our neck, you put your knee on our neck and do it with peace in your heart. So that mm. officer, I think that was the thing that struck me. It's just like, that's the hypocrisy. It's just like, it's literally that image. And I hate that, like, even though I respect artists and all that kind of stuff, I hate that that's the, the it seems like that's the image that people are duplicating or like, and continue to emulate in artistic ways. And I just hate the fact that that's it with, with George Floyd's face on the ground and the officer's knee in his back. But that could not be a more, like, fitting depiction of America. Mm. Like, there is death, there is hurting, and yet there's peace at the same time. Mm. That man had peace on his face. He was, he was right. He was, right. He was, it was nothing in his face that, that rendered suffering or care or anything. And mm. that's what struck mm -hmm. me. He was just like, his hand was in his pocket. 
Are you kidding me? And it is the same thing that's happening where it's just like you see the pandemic happening and you have all these essential workers, people are hurting, people losing their jobs. And then you have, honestly, you have celebrities posting from their mansions and saying like, oh yeah, mm. we with you. And it's just like, I know you are, but so we kind of can't relate. We're not in the same thing. And then when yeah. you have just the, this wealth gap and just like, it's just like, it's two Americas. When you even have, when you think about the results of this last election and well, the last main election, and well presidential election and you see like these different americas like people think that like wait can these things coexist absolutely mm. i know i said a lot but that's what that's what you that's what just mm. hit me in that moment I, I i love i love how you brought together that race and class piece because it's it's mm. the intersection of those things where you talk yeah. about essential workers but then are mm-hmm. they really essential because mm-hmm. a lot of the blue collar workers are going to be black people. And this yeah. because my, my dad works for UPS and while everybody's off, while, you know, they're letting people work from home and stuff. I remember he would come home and he'd be like, they, they, you know, they just want their packages. Exactly. Don't worry about none of this. Yeah. And at first it was kind of, and, you know, we kind of laughed it off, but as you're talking, it made me think like, they don't, they don't care about my pops. Not they don't care about yeah. nobody else that's working at UBS, they are not essential workers. They are, they are what, not essential or um, is the term um, um, where something can be replaced easily? Disposable? Like, mm. yeah, disposable yeah. or- Replaceable. Yeah, replaceable. It's, it's another term. Dispensable? Dispensable, that's okay. it, dispensable. Thesaurus, um, A. Yeah, <laughs> actually, and, and, and when I get off, off, off offline, I'm gonna tell you why every time I hear that word, I think about you, and I'm gonna tell you. Oh, I, I know exactly. You know what I'm talking about. Okay, <laughs> right, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm gonna tell you, Jackie. I don't want to put every business out like that. <laughs> I was a young whippersnapper back then. Yeah, you was angry. You was I was angry. <laughs> but um, I can't wait to hear this story. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, dispensable. You know what I'm saying? And so, and again, but for white folks. America is dispensable just in terms of class for white, poor, and working class people. For black mm-hmm. people, we are dispensable both in race and class. We don't need you. Mercy. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. We really don't need you as blue collar workers. And we don't really want or need you here as a race. Right? Not at all. And so when you talk about that knee on that neck, <laughs> that is that is for real. Like that is mm-hmm. exactly how black people have been feeling for so long. And so when it burst into, you know, into protest, you know what I'm saying? It's almost like that bully on the playground. That bully keep hitting that kid over and over. Eventually that kid is gonna be like, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I know you see mm-hmm. the movie for the show. And the kid is like, ah, I need to start swinging <laughs> and bully back up. Like, wait a minute, what's going on? Like, where did this come from? Wait, where that where did this come from? But it's another like, you can't keep doing this to people over and over again and expect them not. And sometimes that kid is swinging all over it. And he might be swinging at people that he really not even trying to hit. Not not the bully, but the kid who being bullied. Yeah. He might just be swinging at everybody like, y'all going y'all gonna to get off me. I'm getting ready to hit whoever in my way because I'm mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like, is that kind of, that is what, that's what's happening now. That's yeah. what, what happened in Minneapolis and in Atlanta and in New York and but that reminds me of another analogy what would um because it's like 
there's the bully on the playground, but that would suggest that y'all are equal. But I think in this case, it's like it, there are people who are in power. And so mm. it, it kind of reminds me, what was that show on Oxygen Network where it's, a, it's like Snapped? It's called Snapped. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just like typically it's like women who were with spouses mm-hmm. or like abusive partners or like mm-hmm. something that was happening where there was like, it seems like there was somebody in power. And then all of a sudden, it's just like finally there's this build up, build up, build up. And it's just like, the niggas, they, they killed them, okay? They killed them mm-hmm. or they, they chopped up their body or something like that. And I honestly feel like... Killed them in like a grotesque, a grotesque way. way. <laughs> and it's just like, black, like, white America has not seen black people snap. And we have not snapped as a collective. But I felt, I feel like even this now. one... Even now. And I remember, was it John, you told me, I don't know, but I remember someone saying like there was a white friend that they had or somebody and they were like, you know why white people are really scared of black people? Because like deep in their heart, but they're not going to say it. It's because if we did this, if it was y'all who did this to us, we would have been done some stuff. So we're waiting for y'all to Mm. finally like go there with Mm. us. Mm. But we're not going to say that, but we're kind of afraid of it. Mm-hmm. And that's what's happening. It's like it's like it's the bully on the playground, but it's also like it's this snapped moment where it's just mm-hmm. like, yo, something's about to get burned down all the way, like entire cities. And I know that mm-hmm. I'm not trying to go there, but you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I'm I'm glad that y'all are bringing this up in terms of like the. History of, I think for some mainstream media, this is being tied to George Floyd. And certainly how he died was egregious. And for us to have a video of watching someone die for like minutes at a time, um, it's certainly enough to, to have people react in a particular way. But George Floyd is on top of Brianna Taylor on top of Ahmad. Oh no! Oh no! Testing one two three. Am I good? No. Yeah, but your video froze. Yeah, your video froze up. Oh, there you go. Is it still? Is it still frozen? Mm. Wait, keep talking. Okay. Testing one two three. Oh, I don't know what's going on. Don't worry, I edit all this out after we fix it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let me try to um, let me try to get off the wi Okay, let me try that. Is that better? Okay, now, yeah. now your video stopped. Let, it stopped go. totally? Yeah, well, it says yeah. Jay on it. Let, let me see your video. Oh. You just, you just stopped the video, just. Let's start. Okay, how's that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, Am I bad? No, you're no, bad. no, it's better. It got it's a little bit, okay. but it's better. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, the the mainstream media is talking about how all of this is centered around George Floyd. But for all of us, we're thinking about Ahmaud Arbery. We're thinking about Breonna Taylor. We're thinking about so many Black bodies that have been disposable to white America for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, we're even thinking about Christian Cooper and how Amy Cooper wielded her white woman power mm. to try to to try to end this man's life right um in a very right. calculated way yeah. um and we're thinking about how that sort of interaction happens with all of us in our workplaces in our schools in the grocery store you know how white people wield this power to try to make attempts on our lives mm. every day in addition to the police 
antagonizing and, br and brutalizing us um, in different settings. Mm -hmm. So this isn't just about one person. Like this goes back not only in the, the modern few years and decades about police brutality, but going back centuries of racial abuse um, that we continue to feel the effects of to this day. Yeah. And, and, and one, one of the things, I didn't know when I wanted to get to this on the podcast, um, but I just feel like it's right now is a good time. Um, I read something that you, that, that, that you wrote, Jackie, and I, and I put a wow because I didn't even, I don't know why I didn't even think about it. And this is why, brothers, if you out here and you engage in activist work and you engage in revolution work or you do anything, um, particularly to the, to, the, to the brothers, to the black men, this, is, this really applies to everybody, but particularly black men. If you're doing work, and, but you don't have a black woman in power that is also assisting in that work, and y'all doing this thing together, it's going to be really pointless. And I'm going to give you a good example. Oh. Jackie put a, a comment under somebody. I don't know who it was or where it was, but it was somewhere, where mm -hmm. she said that we're talking about George Floyd. We're talking about Ahmaud Aubrey. People are mentioning Breonna Taylor. Breonna Taylor is now kind of been brought along because of all of this. So that's that gender mm -hmm. piece. But mm -hmm. then you said, but we're not talking about the fact that, that the people who killed George Floyd, or at least some, mm -hmm. well, the, the main guy who killed George Floyd has been arrested. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Ahmaud Aubrey's killers have been arrested. But Breonna Taylor's killers have yet to be mm -hmm. arrested. Mm -hmm. And I was like, and mm. all of my everything, mm -hmm. why didn't I get that? Mm. And and I had to do some introspection and say, it's 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 I, I don't because of my gender, I'm not gonna see it. Yeah. Right? It's no excuse. That's just something I have to constantly work with. But and my black feminist thought has got to be activated like that. But that's why you need black women around you to let mm -hmm. you know, hey, don't forget, uh, you ain't mm -hmm. see this. You know what I'm saying? You ain't see this perspective. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? And so that was just that was that was just incredible to me. So I don't know if y'all just want to like speak to that part or I don't know. That's just something I thought was really was really interesting. Um, is that gender piece around everything that's going on? Yeah, when I think about it, I mean, I think a lot about um, we can't isolate any of these. We can't isolate any of these identity pieces mm -hmm. you know on one hand there are black folks out here who don't have any video whose um That's killers it. will not will not be arrested will not be prosecuted um someone made a post and it brought uh kendrick johnson back to mind they said this mm -hmm. man wrapped himself in a rug right. and cut out his own organs right you know what I'm saying? So it's not it's not something that is unique to to black women. However, I think in this moment where we're calling three names and calling all three of their situations equal, that we have to begin to dissect um, the different factors that lead to different outcomes in these cases. Right. And if we ignore that gender is one of those factors, then we're doing ourselves a huge disservice. Um, you know, I think I think about in our move to black liberation it won't matter if 
some black people are liberated. Like we got to work for all black people. That means black women. That means trans folks. That means folks, disabled black folks. Like this means all black people have to experience liberation. We can't just pick and choose amongst ourselves. Absolutely. And I think another piece of this too, and just a more, I guess, tactical sense is the fact that there is video footage of both of the other killings mm -hmm. and that makes it because of this very um we're hyper stimulated in this generation um mm -hmm. with visuals and we also feel like almost like visuals are what provide the evidence because everyone now with the internet thinks that they're little um, <laughs> private eyes and detectives and stuff and it's just like everybody i don't believe what a jealous okay y'all like and so it's in one case i think because the internet is you know this time is a weird time in terms of you know truthiness and fake news and stuff and so there is a lot of sensationalized information online and so I think in order to even catch the attention, unfortunately, of, of this generation, a lot of times you need something horrific and you need video and you need a picture or something like that. And I would say fortunately and unfortunately, we weren't able to see Brianna's last moments. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm grateful that we don't have that footage actually, that that, that, mm. that is not some more, you know, um, what do they call it? It's called like, I forget the word, but kind of like brutality porn or something like that. That's, mm, that's oh, yeah. trauma porn. Yeah. Trauma porn. There we go. That's oh, circulating okay. around um, so that, you know, Brianna's family don't have to be traumatized every single moment that they see that footage yeah. of their daughter, sister, yeah. cousin. Um, and so I feel like that's a factor in it just from a just just like point of view of just looking at how media works and how media catalyzes um, us to actually do something because people being able to see the video of George Floyd is like you can't it's, it's a, it makes it that much more unbelievable um, and the same with Ahmaud Arbery seeing that footage that's what made the story that much more I think for people and I wish though I do think it's an interesting time because like you said Jackie there's so many people that this is still happening to and there's no footage so how do we also make sure that their names are being spoken in these mm. times and that they're being mm. represented just because there wasn't just that convenience of somebody being there to capture, unfortunately, one of the most horrible moments of their lives. Mm. Um, and so I don't, think, I don't think the difference between justice should be footage mm. or not. And mm. that's kind of, a, that's a factor in it. I think one factor is that Brianna was a woman. But I think the other factor is that she didn't have almost the privilege of her last moments being videoed. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, but then it's crazy because Trayvon wasn't video. It's true. Right. You know what I'm saying Mike Brown, I don't think there was video. Was well, they had video of the, the body. Well, they had video of the so, body. You know, the picture of the body sitting there. Right, mm -hmm. right. right. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, um, I mean, it took, you know, Rodney King for that video, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Video mm -hmm. to kind of wake up and I mean, I guess that just speaks to, you know, to the larger um, component of technology. I think technology has always been that, yeah. that has been coupled with, you know, with movements, you know, mm. um, or coupled with social issues to bring about movements. So you had, you know, Uncle Tom's Cabin, you know, coupled with slavery to help hmm. bring to life what was really going on in the South, because for a long time, people live so far away they just thought oh they're just workers you know 
um, you know, where you have the civil rights movement and you have the onset of television and radio, which mm-hmm. helped to bring about, wow. you know, oh, wow, now this is something we can put on cable TV and people can see all over the world how Black people are being treated in the South, you know? Um, and then, of course, you know, police brutality with Rodney King and now social media with, you know, um, the same thing. So I think technology always plays a role in, you know, or helps to play a role in kind of yeah. bringing to light um, and unearthing a lot of these, a lot of these issues. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, another, another thing I wanted, I wanted to talk about and, and really dig into was the protests particularly the protests here. Um, and I don't know if any of you were there or, you know, a part or, um, you know, saw any footage of the, or, or part of the organizing or anything like that. But um, a lot of it, people said started out peaceful um, and then, you know, transpired into, they call it, they say violent. I'm, I'm kind of skeptical about using that term. Um, you using, you know, saying that these protests have been violent, specifically in Atlanta, and I was down there, um, mm-hmm. and I was down there with my daughter, but we ended up leaving before it got violent. But I can kind of feel, and I talked about this on on my social media. I can kind of, I could kind of feel the shift mm-hmm. in the in the in the atmosphere. Um, and there was a situation that had occurred. I had saw between this black woman and this um, uh, looked like he was a Latino construction worker, and she mm-hmm. was getting really upset. And, um, and so I went over there. I was kind of looking at first and I said, I can't have this, this brother, you know what I'm saying, talking to my mm-hmm. sister like this. So I went over there with, with my daughter and I was like, hey, what's the problem? What's going on? And mm-hmm. um, he was like, she was like, I'm just trying to go to work. I know they got a protest going on, but I got to go to work. Going back to that class piece. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, I need to go to work. I ain't got time to be worried about it. <laughs> I feel it, but I got to go. He went and let her go. So I'm telling the dude, hey, you need to, you know what I'm saying? If she want to go down the street, just let her go down the street. A white man come up. I'm like, he like, hey, what's going on? I say, she's trying to get to work. Let her go on and get to work. And he was like, oh, okay, no problem, no problem. And, and immediately they moved and she was able to, you know, to leave. And so when I was just kind of seeing that those things happen, mm. kind of happening, I was like, well, you know, I've been out here for two hours. Let me bounce. When I left and got home, and I got on my homie Deidre, her Facebook Live, that's mm. when I started seeing it erupt into, you know, graffiti on the CNN and, mm. and cars, the police cars being set on fire and blown up or whatever and all this other kind of stuff that was going on. That's when I started seeing that. And honestly, I didn't really feel no kind of way. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, what do, you, what do you expect people to do? And everybody's like, but this is Atlanta, and this is, you know, the, the place of Dr. King, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, y'all talk about this, this 1963 Dr. King. You ain't talking about 1966 and 67 Dr. Right, King. Right, 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 right. You know what I'm saying? And yes, he was, he was about nonviolence, but y'all people sensationalizing Atlanta, and everybody talking about, well, this is Atlanta with the Black politicians and the Black mayors, and yeah, that's true, but this is also Atlanta, the home of of, of T.I., the home of the trap. This is the home of the red dogs. This is the home of a whole lot of racism, a whole lot of classism, mm. the worst uh, uh, levels of poverty, some of the worst levels of childhood poverty, some of the worst education levels. 
right here in Atlanta. So stop making it seem like, oh, we're so surprised that this is going on in Atlanta when you ain't, you know, you ain't talking about Katherine Johnson, 90-something-year-old woman being shot in her house by in the police. <laughs> and they planted drugs to try to say that they bought drugs from her. A 92-year-old woman. I don't even know that part of the story. What? In 2000? It, it, it was super early, too. Like, maybe 2005, 2006. Like you know what I'm saying? So, you know, and Anthony Hill and so many other people, and I know so many young brothers, or, well, they were young in, like, the 90s. They're a little older now, maybe 30s, and going to their 40s. But um, they remember the Red Dogs. And they say, mm -hmm. I remember when they used to just come up in our crib. I'm home, just mm -hmm. getting home from work. And they lived in, lived in a project. And we just dragged them out, beat them, or claim they had drugs on them, and they didn't. So don't stop acting like Atlanta's just, Atlanta is a beautiful city. I, I, I love Atlanta, but Atlanta got some demons. So let's not act That's, like so And Atlanta is with, yeah. Can't go on here. <laughs> just because you concentrated on the west side, just because you concentrated in black areas and on the east side, and in certain parts of Decatur, don't be mad when you, like I say, when you shake up a soda, bo soda bottle and you, you take off that top, it's going to spray everywhere. Don't be mad when the violence starts overturning into certain areas. You know what I'm saying? And that's assuming that the violence was enacted by black people. Because I had, I had so, many, yeah. so many thoughts on this. You want to go, Amber? Yeah, mine will be quick. My, I'll say this, that like, this is, you know, there is this beautiful history of, you know, Black Atlanta in one way, right? And we have this rich hip-hop culture. But then also you just, like, step outside of Atlanta. Atlanta is a part of Georgia, and Georgia has a whole problem. Georgia, we are, we are also the place where the, the gubernatorial election literally just got stolen, okay? Blatantly. <laughs> Blatantly stolen from Stacey Abrams. And it's no way that, that can be justified. Knows. Everybody knows that you cannot, you cannot run for an office and also be the person taking the ballots. So we have to recognize that we coexist, like all of these realities coexist. This is Georgia. This is Georgia. And also like even when the current governor, who I don't care to say his name or 45's name or no. any of their names, no. but um, no. covering the current governor, how he decided to open up Atlanta and didn't speak with our mayor of Atlanta. I mean, he decided to open up Georgia, but didn't talk to Keisha. It's like, you got to talk to Keisha first. She is the, she's the mayor of your main city. Just the disrespect there. I cannot imagine that if there were a white male mayor that would not have, they would not have been connected, talked to, even if they were a Democrat. Mm -hmm. I just can't imagine that. So I just feel like this is also the place where all of that's happening as well. Mm -hmm. And also where all you got to do is turn down the right street and you're going to see Confederate flag. So it's not, street. I mean, all you got to do is turn down, okay, that street, Confederate flag, that street, it's like, it's all here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I had so many thoughts about this because um, I, I have a very um, contentious relationship with Atlanta um now so yeah yeah I mean you know like I've been here off and on for like the last 15 years so um I've seen what Atlanta was like years ago in the last decade and I see what it is now mm -hmm. um and so it I feel like 
me trying to figure out what my place is in Atlanta as a black person kind of throws me off um, because it's clear that Atlanta isn't as welcoming to, to black folks and blackness as it may have been at one point. Um, so one, th this idea that these protests are violent, like you, you can't be violent against a building. You can't be violent against an inanimate object. Like that's not violence. So, you know, what is violence is like killing black people in the street, like kneeling on their neck for six to 10 minutes, like that's violence. Mm. But you know, these buildings, they, they, they don't say, ouch, <laughs> cars don't say, <laughs> cars don't say get off. <laughs> 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 They're they going to be all right. Mm. They can be rebuilt. <laughs> yeah. They, they'll, they'll be fine. Yeah. You know, so to define it as violence, um, I also think I, I didn't go to these recent protests because I'm trying to be really vigilant about um, distancing um, and being oh. really aware of um, exposing myself potentially to COVID-19. Um, but what I do remember from other protests that I've been to in the past is that there's something that I always see toward the end of the night which is this shift when white anarchists are there and being really destructive to property. Mm. Um, and then that sort of destruction gets blamed on black folks. Absolutely. Um, and I almost kind of forgot it, like almost kind of put that part of it out of my mind until I saw some of it rising up again with these protests and people talking about like the, the violence and, and, um, violence and the destruction that has been happening um and i'm you know i'm just gonna pay attention to how the narrative gets shaped over the next week or so yes, because yes. i'm not fully i'm not a fully convinced that black folks are fully nope. responsible nope. for this sort of stuff and i i'm curious i'm curious to see how the media starts to frame um this sort of like property destruction when it becomes clearer that right. black folks are not the, the folks to, to, to blame for engaging in this way. Right. Um, but then, you know, it's, it's interesting to be here as folks invoke Dr. King. Mm -hmm. You know, I lived for a long time in the old fourth ward. Like that was my neighborhood. I could look out my window and see, um, you know, I lived one block off of Auburn Ave, which is where Ebenezer Baptist Church is, which is where um, Dr. King's house is. It's where the King Center is. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I was in that neighborhood where Dr. King grew up. Um, and that neighborhood is all white now. You know, you might have some black folks here and there. But me moving back to Atlanta in the last couple of years, I couldn't even look at Old Fourth Ward as an option because it's too expensive for people who look like me. Right. Um, so when people invoke the spirit of Dr. King and the spirit of the civil rights movement, I'm like, y'all have sold off that dream to white folks who are committed to law and order instead of justice and equality. That's right. So I'm not even interested in hearing y'all invoke Dr. King um, from his block that he would not have been pleased to see his neighbors pushed out from. Yeah. So. Preach. Preach that. Man. Yeah. That, that, no, that was, 
that was, I think that was a great, that's a great way to counter, I think what Sister Bottoms said. And I was just checking, cause I know where I got people on live. We got a bunch of people on live, y'all. Like a bunch oh, of- Oh, cool. Hi, are everyone. they listening? Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure, cause my phone about to die. <laughs> yeah, I got that Teddy Riley. I got my So I just want to let y'all know on live. I'm all about to die. So I just I wanted to make sure I, I um I looked at the comments and um I saw Tamika, you know, um uh, I left a comment, a really, you know, really poignant comment, um, just about the abusive relationship really that we have oh. in America. You know what I'm saying? This yes, it's true. Relationship we have with America. Absolutely. Else just talked about how Dr. King's dream has really been exploited and commercialized, mm. and I think yeah. that speaks to what you're talking about. Like, yeah. you know, um, you know, this is the home of 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 King, and this is the home of Nine. We should not be doing this. And like you said, no, you you just sold it to the highest bidder. You sold mm -hmm. that dream long time ago because King would have absolutely been against the displacement that Atlanta mm -hmm. put forth in during during the 1996 Olympics. King would have mm. absolutely been against the hypergentrification that's going on in all these major cities. He mm. would I mean, he was one of the main, I mean, one of the most significant marches that he did, I think the one in Chicago that he went to that he said was probably the most violent one he'd ever been to was about mm. housing. <laughs> mm. Like that's what the march was about, housing. And to see that his own city is reinforcing these same ideas of, 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 of unequal housing, but just along class lines as opposed to race, but we know that race is inextricably linked to class. Exactly. He would have he he would definitely have a problem with that. And don't get me wrong, I don't like to publicly castigate black people because mm -hmm. you because white people are gonna be around and they're gonna try to use mm -hmm. that. Right. I was pushing for mayor bottoms. I honestly think overall mm. it's been a good mayor. I do think that. Um, I was pushing for her. I've been to meetings with her there. Um, when I was working with, I think it was Georgia Stand Up, when I was working with that organization a couple years mm -hmm. ago, she was she was a dope councilwoman. She's she's a good mayor. She's done a lot of really good things. Um, and I, you know, I think overall she's good. But her response um, and Killer Mike's response. I'm a huge Killer Mike fan. I love Killer Mike. Mm -hmm. I love Tim. Been rocking with Tim since I'm serious. So. You know, I'm 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 a huge fan, but the way in which you know, like you said, they're using King and they're using this nonviolence to try to downplay or try to, um, you know, shift this kind of conversation about mm. what's really happening. I think I, I was very disappointed in that. Mm, I was yeah. extremely disappointed in that because, and I understand that you got you you have a job right as a mayor you have a job with the police and you work with the police, but for her to then enact an executive order, number one, they talked as if the, the, the people who were doing the violent part of the protest were black. And they did mm -hmm. that through very, very coded language. They were mm -hmm. saying, how could you do this? Not just, not just black, but poor and black. Poor and black. Because they said, how could you do this to your, to, um, to your city? We have all these black mayors and black politicians mm -hmm. and black police officers. How can you burn down your areas on the west side? The your areas and then immediately Killer Mike was like, I'm from this area. So he's mm -hmm. talking about the old west side. He's talking about black west side. 
He's talking mm. about black people. They're assuming that these people that's doing this were black, and you could tell in the way that they were speaking. They didn't mm. say, uh, they didn't say, why don't y'all, you know, how come y'all didn't take this to Buckhead? He's saying mm. y'all are burning down your city, a black city. So he's saying that the people who are doing this are black. Mm. When in actuality, I was there, I was watching it. When I was there, there were more black people at that protest than white people. But white people were the right. ones that were in the faces of the officers yelling at them. It was mm-hmm. not black people, because we already know what's happening. We, we got more sense than that. We, <laughs> so we not, <laughs> that's not going to work out for us. People screaming, hands up, don't shoot, black lives matter, F the police. But they were mm-hmm. in their face like, that's not all right. And we was like, look, mm-hmm. how crazy white people are. <laughs> oh, we going to keep on chatting. We keep doing what you do, whatever. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I saw with my own eyes. What I saw on my homegirls live, it was white people jumping on top of cars. It was mm. white people spray painting the CNN building. And she mm. said, the people who started this were all white. I'm just saying it. She said, don't let nobody tell you otherwise. Who said that? That's what Deidre said. Deidre. Oh, Deidre said that. I'm, I'm watching it. I'm showing y'all. So These I guess- White people that's doing that. And so, but what happened was they assumed that it was black people who enacted the violence. When Mayor Bottoms pushed that executive order for a curfew, what ended up happening last night was that uh, black people ended up, there was a, a, a Morehouse student and a Selman student that ended up getting drugged out of their car, mm-hmm. flattened tires, busted their, this is what the, what the Atlanta Police Department is doing, busting their mm-hmm. windows, mm-hmm. and really? they them on the ground and handcuffed them. The boy mm-hmm. is in the car shaking. He's a Morehouse student. The girl is a Spelman student. Whoa, I've so not watched the news today. So Mayor Bottoms' executive order are black people because they assumed that it was Yikes. black people that enacted that violence. Mm-hmm. And so it's like we're experiencing racism even in our protests. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like this is like it's crazy. Mm-hmm. And so some people say, well, you know, they didn't have time to figure out who was doing what. Well, yeah, when you don't take the time to do that, that's what happened. I mean, I, I guess that's what I would say. In this black sea. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's horrible. I did think that enacting the 9 p.m. curfew was a bit hasty. Um, but also I can understand where, um, I guess let me be more proper, Mayor Bottoms instead of Keisha. <laughs> it's just I got a cousin. Well, I got a cousin named Keisha, so I'm like... Yeah, it's no disrespect though. It's absolutely no disrespect. Um it's utmost respect is like being, you know, a part of the sisterhood. But like um I I, I just feel like she has a she it has so much going on. And mm. I really honestly just like you said, um, Don, like I'm not trying to castigate any of my brothers and sisters publicly. I want to give them grace. I want to give her, mm. I want to give Killer Mike grace. I want to I want to give them the benefit of the doubt that they had to um, respond at a very emotional time. Yeah. Killer Mike was on the verge of tears. So was Keisha. Mm. All of them were just like, we're just trying to like say anything because both of them have so much investment in Atlanta. And I'm sure that they see things in a way that we don't. And I also imagine that they don't, didn't have access to all of the on the ground um, accounts that were happening so that they could actually see, you know, and understand like it was a bunch of white people, you know? Um, and I, I just want to, I want to give them the benefit of that doubt, even though, you know, there's historical data and all that kind of other stuff. I think for them, and this is me making a lot of assumptions about what they believe, but <laughs> just my hope is right. that for Keisha, who she's, she's had to be the mayor of Atlanta during a pandemic. 
Mm. No other mayor in the history of Atlanta has had to be a mayor of Atlanta during a pandemic with Mm. a president like 45. Mm. The amount of stress and political, you know, like, I guess, navigating that she has to do is, is, is unimaginable. And then at the same time, being a black woman in America, and at the same time, being a black mother of black sons in America, there was mm. a lot going on for her. So I commend that she even got up there and she got her hair done grown out because of the pandemic. She's not able to get her, get her uh, haircut. She's committed to saying like, y'all, y'all mofos need to stay home. I'm staying home. Mm. I ain't getting my hair cut. I ain't getting my I, hair done. I ain't getting my hair done. She said, y'all little nigglets, y'all are going to sleep at nine o'clock tonight. And that's what she said. It wasn't, it wasn't the, maybe it was the best, but she was like, y'all going to bed at nine. It's a bedtime. Y'all better stay home. I ain't got no time for and so i feel like she was just trying to say like look y'all for real i think that's what she was just like for real y'all come on come on now like i don't care if it was all of them it's like even the unfortunate thing is it's the perception that it's black people too not yeah. just from black people but from the other and that's what's good. that's a part of the problem too you know yeah. it's just like she's even saying like we don't even want it to be perceived that it's black people who are doing this Mm-hmm. but it but it is and and I, honestly i just want to give them some more time i feel like they do it the best that they could do i i could say like there were some things that she was saying for sure on the part of the press conference that i watched i was just like i don't know about that i don't really like that whole like non-violent blah 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 but we have to also have to respect that other people other black people have different approaches to you know achieving social justice i just want us to be able to all do it together that I mean that 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 is a that's a topic. I mean, <laughs> it's it a is. topic in it and is. of itself. It is of, because I I firmly believe that this is not a, a one solution issue. It, it, it's not like oh yeah. we all just gonna do this and right. then racism and anti blackness will be done. Like I, it's, it's not gonna work that way. Right. But at the same time, there's like something very peculiar about how black folks with a little bit of stability and comfortability engage um engage engage race (laughs) and engage um how we should respond to race um and there's something unique about about atlanta and about um the sort of comfortability and stability that black people have here so i i get that that like engenders a certain response at the same time like you know i i was i i was made (laughs) made in the auc you know so i'm not i'm not gonna downgrade or downplay the schools but if if we believe that a certain sort of proximity to to elite black institutions or just like black elite black business like if we believe that proximity to that is going to be salvific in any way then we are sadly mistaken and i think that that's why the story about the young morehouse um, I think he's, I think he's a graduate. Like, I think he's like a class of 2020 and <laughs> just graduated wow. like 30 minutes ago. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Horrible. 
Yeah, and um, I didn't know about that. And the Spelman student, you know, that's why a story like that is such an important reminder that mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if you went to one of these institutions. It doesn't matter if you're an HBCU grad. It doesn't matter if you're a doctor, lawyer, whatever, the mayor, like it doesn't matter. You know, I saw someone point out that T.I. Um, got up there and, and talked about Atlanta being Wakanda, but, you know, was arrested in front of his own um, gated community because they thought that he didn't live there and he got upset by that, rightfully so. So, you know, even T.I. and all of his face recognition around and name recognition, name recognition globally wasn't able to be insulated from anti-blackness because we know for a fact had he been a white man, he would not have been stopped trying to get into his own home. Um, So, you know, I I just think that as Black folks, we can entertain different solutions, but where do we push back against this idea that, you know, a certain sort of status will give us insulation from from what's happening? Because it it hasn't, and it's not. But I think I think we we still try though, you know. Many of us still believe in that American dream, and even those of us who don't believe in the American dream, we try to do our best. If we can't get out of the oppression, we try to do our best to improve our status in the oppression. Yeah, yeah. You see yeah. what I'm saying? Um, you know, we use our class privilege our, you know, networks, our education, our, you know, our, our resources, our prestige to help improve. Our, but, but we all know that it still exists. You know, mm-hmm. Henry Louis Gates is arrested mm-hmm. for breaking in his mm-hmm. own, saying he broke in his own house. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, so mm-hmm. it's, you know, I mean, the man is a renowned. But he's also old. What old robbers? Mm-hmm. You can't be robbing. <laughs> he's an old man robbing a breaking in his own house. Yes. I'm not saying yes. he's old. Oh, he's an elder. He's aged. He sees it. Let me be more. Yes. You could clearly yes. see the he man walking a limp. Right. The man is walking <laughs> like this. Exactly. You know what I'm he's not a whippersnapper. You know? Is he really about to rob this house? Come on, y'all. Like that's that's the mm-hmm. kind of lunacy that they operate mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. I mean, show the officer the. His look. This is my ID, Harvard professor. Don't matter. Got arrested. So mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. but we have to do the best we can until we do get to that Wakanda. Until but we look, do get to that place. I just yeah. I, for me for a second, I just need to answer the mind of the police officer because I really do think white people live in a wonderland. Because it's just like, mm-hmm. at what point do you look at this man and you say, "But little old man, I know you're trying to rob this house. <laughs> I know you're trying to rob this. like, but little old man." It's just like what. Wait, how does it work? I, I, I'm so bad. He, he didn't see a he didn't see a little old man. He exactly. saw black skin, and that and that's was the it. crazy thing. Mm-hmm. That's, right. that's right. And and when we try to when we try to analyze it or figure this thing out, um, we drive ourselves crazy. That's why, as black people, we got to stop trying to figure out white people. <laughs> we can't amen we can't, we can't figure we can't figure it out we we it's it's like the what you call that thing the um the rubik's cube 
oh, that yeah, we yeah, just yeah. ain't gonna never solve. So we just have yeah. to continue to just do the best we can as we navigate this thing. Amber, you good? Where you at? We might have we might have lost Amber for a second. Did we lose Amber? Let me text her. Oh, her computer died. She's getting uh, on her phone. Oh, she get on the phone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. She's on her so phone. She's gonna come back. But um, but yeah, yeah. I the the my phone ended up dying. Our live, so it was popping though. Live, it was a lot of people on there. <laughs> really? They came at different times. Yeah, I yeah. Rolling forever. So it was. It was oh, cool. So, people was leaving comments, but I was I was listening to what y'all was saying. What'd you say? Yeah. No, I'm I'm glad some people found found it to be a good use of their time to hang out with us for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I thought, yeah, that's that's kind of cool. Um, Steven gave me that idea, matter of fact. He gave me the idea to, he was like, y'all should go, because I did like a test run with the him. Pontiff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did a test run with him last week. Um, mm-hmm. He was like, yo, you should go live, and I, mm-hmm. I think I should. I've I never done it before, but I'll, you know, let me try it. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, um, and what I wanted to do, because I know, I know we all got things to do, but I definitely, when Amber comes back, I do want to talk about, um, I do want to talk about coping strategies, mm. how black people are and how we can cope with, because I'm, it's going to be a, it's going to be a summer. It's, it's going to be an interesting. So let's just, let's just know that mm-hmm. it's about to go down. Um, and while we fighting and while we protesting and while we doing our thing, we also have to find ways to cope. And I oftentimes think about the black Panther party. And everybody sees them being, you know, mm-hmm. militant. But some of them was comedians. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm. Some of them were cheap. You know, they 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 laughed while they was making breakfast. I'm pretty sure they was cracking jokes on each other. And mm-hmm. you know what I mean? They found ways to cope with what they were doing while they were doing it. And Malcolm X, you know, I remember I was just watching an interview with his daughter. And they asked her if they felt, if 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 she saw the Malcolm that everybody else saw. Mm. No, not really. I didn't realize that part of my dad until after he was gone and I was mm-hmm. about him. She said, my dad laughed a lot. She mm. said, was very, very funny. He, he was always playing jokes and pranks. He was always like chasing us around the house, tickling us. Um, mm-hmm. My dad was very, very, he laughed a whole lot. So mm. I didn't get what other people got you know, mm-hmm, uh, until mm-hmm. later. And she said, you know, he was strict in terms of because he was a part of the nation. Um, but then he wasn't even as, he didn't apply those those disciplinary tactics like I guess he was supposed to or they were taught mm-hmm. to. She said mm-hmm. they were actually a little bit more free and they could kind of move around with a little bit more freedom than some of her other friends who were a part of the nation. So mm-hmm. I just, I, I take that and I, I think about like, wow, like these people who we have these images of them, they had ways of coping. They had ways of coming out of that. You know, yeah, they were angry. Yeah, they, you know, they preached self-defense and yeah, they preached all these different things. And we see them with on the rah, rah, rah. But on the flip side, you know, they they had family or they had um, just different things they were doing to cope. So um, yeah, I don't know. I just want to kind of talk about about that um, yeah I, I i family is such an important like source of grounding especially right now when we're all in the house mm-hmm. um 
you know, I feel like I am talking to my family more right now, probably because we're all at home, you know, like, what you doing? I'm in the house, you in the house? Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. You know, checking on folks and whatnot. Um, So I feel like I'm talking to them more frequently now Mm -hmm. than when we were all out and about. Um, But yeah, family is such an important, like, source for like, grounding grounding yourself and just like reminding yourself about what the important parts of life Mm. are um and it's 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 funny to think about malcolm x being like this fun engaging dad you know i am a daddy's girl through and through Mm. and it's interesting to see girl dads engage with boys mm-hmm. because that relationship i mean you you have a daughter mm-hmm. you know how you engage with your daughter is probably going to be different than you know engaging with with a son mm-hmm. um so yeah it's, it's it's real interesting to think about to think about him in that way mm-hmm. um, hey amber we're um we're talking about um i don't know if you could hear us yet it says that your audio is connecting. Can you hear I, us? I You're can. good? Okay. Yeah. We're talking about... Um, Sorry, guys. If, yeah. You're you good. good. Yeah, you're good. We're talking about um, ways to cope, um, just like as Black folks in this moment. And we started talking about um, family. And John was talking about how Malcolm X's daughters just remember him as like this fun funny guy who was like having jokes and all that kind of stuff um so so yeah we were just talking about that Mm. so yeah i mean i think i think that you know to just kind of you know in this i know we talked a lot about what's been happening but also you know it's it's gonna be a i I don't think this is gonna be the end i think this is gonna be the beginning of an interesting summer and so you know, what, how are some ways as black people that we can cope? How, how do we continue this resistance, continue pushing forward, continue to move towards black liberation while at the same time not driving ourselves crazy? And um, um, I don't know, I guess just to kind of ask y'all maybe like how y'all do it. I know me, I watch a lot of um, comedy. I watch a lot mm. of comedians. Oh, that's good. Um, uh, one of one of my favorite. I watch a lot of podcasts. One of my favorite podcasts right now is Lil Wayne's Young Money Radio. Oh, really? Oh that, Lil Wayne that, has a podcast. Man, that Young Money Radio is so good to my soul. <laughs> <laughs> really, that's great. So good to my soul, man. I love it. Um, mm. But yeah, I you know, I, I I watch you know Kevin Hart's Laugh Out Loud Network. I watch. Um, Gary Owens podcast. Mm. Um, so, you know, I do that. You know, I try to, um, I don't know, Netflix, Netflix a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Watching shows. I just got done watching Little Fires Everywhere. That joint was off the, off the check. I heard it was great, but I heard it was dramatic. <laughs> Crazy. That was so good. Um, mm-hmm. It was really all, good. That's all about racing class. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah, it was good. Class. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, so you know, watching YouTube stuff and Netflix and and Hulu. What else did I watch? I watched um Glee, all six seasons of Glee. 
<laughs> I wouldn't have guessed that one. I know. That's so, great. So one thing I want to do is, as we continue to move forward, I want us to start every episode with the, um, what you call it? Um, like a guilty pleasure? Guilty, that's it. <laughs> Give me one guilty pleasure. One guilty Listen. Pleasure. I'll tell you, I watched uh, Tiger King oh, um, a few weeks ago, <laughs> and that thing was the perfect mess. <laughs> I try. I, I watched like the first episode. We didn't even get me and my friend. We didn't even get through the first episode. It was just. I was like, I, I can't. I can't. This I is. I was, I was front stuff. and center. <laughs> I was front and center for the mess. That is there was okay. another one. There was another one that was super wild on um uh I want to say maybe Hulu um or maybe Amazon Prime Video which that's a whole nother conversation about Amazon but it's called um Finders Keepers mm. and that thing made Tiger King look like a church sermon from really <laughs> yes just like a super was it, regular was this real this was reality tv or it what was, it was like a documentary wow but in the first 10 minutes i was like this thing is crazy it's called finders keepers finders keepers like don't look anything up about it just watch it's on it. netflix like, I, let me look it up. I might have to yeah, I might have to tell you later. I don't know if but, I'll be able um, to do it. I'll I'll let you know where it is. Okay. Um but but yeah, it's is um it's crazy. It's crazy. Like mm. I'm not even gonna tell don't look up the premise. Don't just just, just watch. You say yes. it's on Netflix. I don't remember where it is. Okay, well, I'm gonna text y'all. Yeah, I'm gonna text y'all. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I I think that the things that you mentioned, John, are important. I think, you know, I was talking about this with one of my friends yesterday. He um posted like this meme talking about Malcolm X's in his grave doing the cat daddy right now looking at everything going on Mm. and you know we're just talking about how hilarious it was probably because that moment Mm. of like laughter is just juxtaposed against this moment but you know we just talked a little bit about how finding little snippets of black joy is just so important right now Mm. So spaces where you can laugh, spaces where you can connect with people that you love um, or strongly like, like you ain't got to love them, I guess. Um, You know, doing activities that, you know, at the end of it, you're like, okay, cool. That was a good use of time. I'm glad I did that. Um, I, I, um, I suffer from anxiety. And so, you know, for me during this pandemic, physical activity has been key to just like literally tiring my mind out so much that it can slow down so I can like sleep. Um, So, you know, just being super conscious of the fact that not only are we in this moment of anti-blackness, like acute anti-blackness, but we're also living through a pandemic and that is already stressful enough on top of everything that's going on. Yeah. Yeah. 
from for me, thank you both for sharing all of those. Um, I'm not sure what I'll be checking out, but I might be checking out some of those. One thing that for me that I've been trying to do is find things to really like pull my pressure down because I've just mm. been feeling so much stress um, because of the pandemic, because of like I'm in a transition like career wise, like mm. I just moved back to Atlanta a year ago and still haven't been able to like get myself together. And so I'm just a lot of going on and then trying to be black in America at the same time. And so I just I've been really needing things. To, to just kind of calm my nerves. That's why I haven't watched Little Fires. Actually, that's why mm. I couldn't get through Tiger King because I'm just like, ah, because it's just like the world is so bad. I need something to just calm me down. Um, yeah. And so, like, even though this might sound antithetical in one way, but I watched this show on Netflix called The Great Flower Fight, which is basically like the great um, British baking show, but with flowers. And it was just so fascinating. Just it's good. I, I mean, okay. the first episode made me upset a little, but the rest of the episodes were great in that it's just, these people are so creative and artistic mm. and just what they come up with. I just really needed to see that. Another person who I really, who I enjoyed, he has this really short, short series. Um, I forget his name, but his Instagram handle is Bloom and Plume. And he's mm. just this really magical black dude who, who is a florist. And he mm. has this show called Centerpiece which is where he talks to several, I mean, different celebrities. He interviews celebrities, various celebrities or like artist types, and then creates a centerpiece based on their conversation. And that is supposed to like describe their essence. And I encourage everyone to watch it. It's really short. Um, it's on an app called Queeby, and you have to download the I've app to watch to watch it. And it, and it has a 14 day trial, and so I'm definitely gonna end it like in a day or two. Um, but <laughs> I downloaded it just so that I could watch these episodes, and it was just so creative and refreshingly creative and artistic. I was just like, ah! And you can watch the whole thing in under an hour because it's just it's just like really like short episodes. Minutes. Yeah, I don't know why they did it like that, but it's but either way, it's just like doses of like fascinating blackness just mm -hmm. the whole thing and like um like he interviews um Rashida Jones he interviews mm. Carbito well I don't know what's his the the guy who does um oh my goodness my brain is going flat his name is Carbito on Instagram but what's that what's that new fashion line that's out that's really why is my mind going blank oh my, uh, it's the black dude he's like Virgil Abloh no no Piermoss or Piermoss? Piermoss. Either way, he interviews him. Um, anyway, he just has some really good interviews on there, and I just encourage people to do that. Another thing, my friend just introduced me to this song by Janae Aiko called, it's called Trigger Something. I can't remember the name of it. I'm just like, no, I, I just downloaded this song. It's called um, Trigger Protection Mantra. Mm. And mm. it's called Trigger Protection. It's called Trigger Protection Mantra, and it's just her saying, calm down. It's just like, I'm like, oh, I need this. She's just saying, calm down, calm down, calm yeah. down. And it's just, mm. it is just so, it's very surreal and calming, and it's exactly what I needed. And I feel like those are, and also I go on walks. I go on a lot of walks. <laughs> um, I try to listen to the birds. I've started trying to think, like, I want to talk to the birds. I want to know what they're talking about <laughs> because they be talking <laughs> all the time. They be talking in the morning. They talking in the afternoon. They talking in the evening. In the summertime, they talk all the time. Oh, they talking about. They talking about. What y'all talking like, about? They always been like, look at these people. Yeah, and so I've been interested in like trying to get into like understanding different bird sounds, and I would love to know like 
I would, I would love to begin to be able to recognize the different bird calls. Um, mm. And so that's just, I've really been trying to get more like grounded in that way mm. and to mm. really find peace and not things that actually make me kind of like upset. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. So that's where I've been. Man. That's real. I mean, we need, we need, we need all of that. I mean, we need yeah. That we need all of those, you know, just those things. That just, and then I think it shows our duality too, because it's like, you know, we we all about this, um, but then at the same time we watching Tiger King and talking to birds and <laughs> you know what I'm saying, watching I'm... every episode of Glee, and it's like, <laughs> wait a minute, I didn't know that you like that kind of. Yes, because I like more than just you know, black and black, black. Like I like all. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I just, you know, I, I think it, I think it speaks to the, you know, to our, to our blackness within, you know, within the larger context of just being, and just being, people. I'm so glad you mentioned the word duality, John, because that's what I've been grappling with. I think the mm-hmm. most mm-hmm. is the idea that incredible, breathtaking tragedy. Mm. can happen at the same time as incredible breathtaking beauty. Mm. And it doesn't negate either of the the reality of either of those. You mm. that. And it's like, it's like the sky is beautiful. <laughs> Indeed. I cannot take that away from that. Mm. And that video of Ahmad and the idea of Brianna's murder, mm. Mm. they are heart-wrenching. And all of this is happening at the same time. Like there are places on this planet, like I was the other day, I was <laughs> again on the phone, one of my phones, and I was paying attention to this ant crawling on the ground. And I was like, this ant doesn't know anything about racism. <laughs> <laughs> well, w- was it a black ant? Black ant! <laughs> because there's like working ants and like mm-hmm. queen ants. So, but it's funny because I'm like you know ants got their own issues <laughs> they gotta navigate classism or whatever but I don't know <laughs> oh, but it just dawned on me like there's just like entire oh, universes that aren't experiencing the things that we're experiencing you know and they, we're all coexisting right um and it's kind of just it's just kind of crazy um and to just think that all of these that's what it means to be in like this multiverse right it's just that they're like everyone has such a different life and i can't i can't take away the beauty of something for the ugly of something else and like honestly the only way that i can bear the ugly is to take a moment to recognize the beauty Right. Mm. And it's just like, but then it's it's just like, do I feel guilty about doing that? Should I feel guilty about just saying like, oh, these birds, man, so pretty, you know, <laughs> while all of this other stuff is going on. And the thing is, I realized something that's been sh- troubling me is the the feeling of compartmentalization that I have more recently to have to like 
like the Ahmaud Arbery story broke, but I had heard about it weeks before, but I couldn't take mm. it. I was just like, when it broke, it, it was just like, I, I remember the story because I read about it several weeks mm. ago, but I couldn't take myself there. I read it mm. and I looked into some other articles, did, you know, do the search that you can do. And then to the point that you can get to the facts that I can no longer sit on, right. I just yeah. turned away from it. Right. And then yeah. when it came back around, I was like, okay, I guess I can engage more. But honestly, it was just like, I think even with Instagram and just like Facebook and Twitter, like how we have these timelines, we have these feeds, literally mm -hmm. you can see a person dying in the next clip. You can see a cat or you can yeah. see a, a new dance. And so it, it is like this thing where we're, we, we're being forced to compartmentalize ourselves. Yes. And I feel like one thing that I'm really interested in is how interconnected everything actually is and how complex mm -hmm. things are. But at the same time, I feel like now I actually have to compartmentalize in order to maintain Mm -hmm. in order to maintain my mental health because it's just like if i don't compartmentalize if i don't accept the duality of existence mm -hmm. i will lose it mm -hmm. because it's just like this is ugly and this is beautiful i have to end it there almost mm -hmm. and it's like i have to go to i have to go after that beauty in order to be able to digest the ugly you know mm -hmm. but i hate the separation that i have to create within myself right in order to maintain and mm -hmm. i don't know what to do with that and why, it's a question and for why a therapist White folks seem to be able to, they're allowed to be all of these things at once, right? Yeah. They're, they're allowed to embody beautiness and ugliness and good and wrong and all, all within their humanity and black people can. One of the things I, I talk mm. about in the classroom, sometimes I talk about, um, I talk about the emergence of gangs in, in LA and how a lot mm -hmm. of it came out of, you know, race and, and racism going on um, in LA. And, um, I, and I used the documentary Bastards of the Party to discuss it. And then I asked the question, I said, you know, were these gangs, the Bloods and the Crips and the Gangster Disciples and Blackstones, were they, so we're talking about LA and we're talking about Chicago, were they good or were they bad? Mm. You know, and um, in Rashad Shabazz's book, Spatialized in Blackness, he does a really good job of humanizing them by saying, yeah, they're both, right? Mm. They did a lot of good and continue to do a lot of good within their communities. They protect their communities from, you know, bad police officers. They, whenever the kids is having programs and back to school bashes of basketball tournaments or baseball tournaments, they don't call the police to secure these areas. They call, you know, the gang members and they call these mm. people to make sure everything is going to be okay. Um, you know, and, and these people, you know, provide resources and, you know, and protection for the people in the neighborhoods. At the same time, there are, there are certain amounts of terror that can be enacted by these gangs. Mm. Um, but they are seen as both, right? Mm. But to the larger society, they're seen as negative and bad. But then if you look at somebody like an Andrew Jackson, Andrew Jackson is a president, right? President of the United States, he's on the money. Um, and he was, he was, the <laughs> on the money. <laughs> like he was a gangster, you know what I'm saying? Like was a yeah. bad guy. He got more, he got more bodies than the, um, what's, what's your boy name? Um, he was the richest dude. Um, he was a drug lord out of Mexico. <clears throat> what was his name? Not, not Carlos. Um, El Chapo? El well, no, not El Chapo, but we can say El Chapo, though. Um, 
But I forgot. He was like the richest man in the world, but now it's Jeff Bezos. But I forgot the dude's name. But we could say El Chapo. Like, Andrew Jackson probably got more bodies than El Chapo. Like, he is responsible for killing off a good portion of Native Americans. Mm. But he's... And, and we know this. Like, we know George Washington, horrible dude. Like, honestly, like, a bad... Part, like, these people were bad, but they're allowed to be both good and bad. They're allowed to be both, you know so-called slave owners and mm. heroes. You know, George Washington is a hero and he's a he's he's a horrible guy, you know, to black mm. people and women. Um so the the gangs can be that too. The black gangs can be that too. You know what I'm saying? They can be both good and bad. They can do both good and bad. They can they can have what you were talking about, Amber, that duality. You know what I mean? Mm. And I think mm-hmm. as black people, we need to I think you know, it it would be good if we can continue to see ourselves in that way. And that, you know, just like how y'all were talking about Keisha, you know, giving her grace, but at the same time saying, but you messed up here. You know what I'm saying? And let's be honest about these things. And so just being able to, I think, do do that with ourselves and with each other and all of that, I think, I, I think is is all a part of, of elevating our humanity as black people. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. That's a that's a that's a, and even saying with Keisha, I mean Mayor Bottoms, Mayor Bottoms, Keisha, Mayor Keisha Bottoms. Mayor Keisha. That's my, I don't know. I just got but um, <laughs> we were like even that with that, too though. We was like, oh yeah, my we God. was just like, bro, yeah. I, mean, I feel mm-hmm. like the first name basis is kind of nice in in one way because it's just it, it's that familial aspect. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, also I think even with Ke- uh, Mayor Bottoms and saying like you know was this a mess up or was this like, we disagree with their approach? Do we have, it's like, how can we have discourse? How can we have dialogue? How can we like promote understanding and empathy? Like, that's one thing that I do feel like is really important at a time like this where so where there are so many different type, different opinions about how to move forward. I think we really got to extend grace to each other and empathize mm. with um, how all of us have experienced racism and oppression in our lives. We've all experienced it differently, with, depending on your class, your family, um, um, your, your personal background, your personal interests, your exposure. It's so many different things that can shape one's perspective about how to approach these issues. Mm-hmm. And I just, I feel like I, I've, I get tense when I think about how the more educated Black people sometimes come down on the more, I don't want to even say more educated. Um, I guess I will say people who have read a little bit more um, or have experienced a little bit more or have studied a little bit more will come to those who have not studied and really just completely just be like, well, you need to learn, nigga, learn today. I feel like there's a certain, <laughs> or, or, or to just say like, you know, um, th- that people are just frank, like frankly uncle timing it when they're in a lot of ways can just be a lack of knowledge a lack of exposure and all of that mm-hmm. and so i just really feel like i'm I'm sensitive to the language that we have about how we have these conversations going forward so mm-hmm. as to not be so as to not divide our own community because everyone is learning we're all mm-hmm. trying to figure out um, all of this stuff and there's so much to learn there's so much history that has not been written correctly and not been shared correctly um, mm-hmm. and that's just completely false and even now with the internet there's so much misinformation out there and so and, and people are just I mean there's just there's just so much and so I know for myself I'm still trying to learn a lot there's a lot of people in the movement that I'm unaware of 
you know, a lot of people who did great work, a lot of people who, who wrote a lot of important um, things that influenced other activists and other people from the past. And so I'm just, I just really hope that, like, even with this, with the Street Academy, that this is a place where people can be honest about what they do know and what they don't know, and that we just bring mm-hmm. our full selves to the table and we're just transparent, but there's that grace there for learning. Like, learning, in order to learn, you have to accept that you don't know everything. Right. And so I think that's really important to be able to, to, to not feel shame about a lack of knowledge. I know that's something that I deal with, especially, like, just with the imposter syndrome, just mm-hmm. feeling and having gone to... Um, um, get my master's at an Ivy League school. It's just like, should I belong? Do I belong here? Blah, blah. What should I know? What's okay for me to be learning? Mm, and so I mm. feel like in a space like this, I really think it's important that people feel okay to know what they do know at that moment. And that like mm-hmm. what they need to know, they will know at the time that it's expert, that it's right. shared with them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 I think I, I want to say Malcolm X said that once he said, um, you know, we have to be patient with each other because there was a time mm. when you didn't know what you know. Um, right. You know, I think about things I said when I was 19 and I was sure, ooh. I was sure about it. And then I think 10 years later, I'm like, ooh, I said that, ooh, I thought that. Right. Ooh, I... But you, again, you you have grace, you know, you, you, know, mm-hmm. you, you know, you, you, you give yourself, you know, the freedom and the ability to evolve, you know. Mm. And, um, you know, I really like what you say, Amber, about, you know, doing the same thing with, with making sure that we don't do that with people who might not, you know, know what we know. Or, oh, you didn't know that? You know, and I can't stand when people do that. I hate that. Like, don't, they just don't know. It don't mean that they not, you know what I'm saying? That they're not intelligent or they just haven't come across it the same time you did. So right. I, I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. That's something that, you know, I'm thinking about now as a part of my own self-care for self-care, um, but extending that grace and patience to people in our community, um, which is hard. <laughs> it is. <laughs> but, you know, taking taking away some of that, like, taking away some of the the patience and grace that I've given to people who are not in our community and just redirecting redirecting that those efforts I think about you know lots of other folks of color who enact anti-blackness lots of white folks who enact anti-blackness who um who I know like people who we know who are in our in our circles and not spending any sort of energy on that but saving that energy for for other black folks so that we can be liberated like that's the most Mm -hmm. important man yo this was good i feel like i feel like this was this was this was solid good good discussion um i'm sorry my phone died we we i was saying it was i was telling uh jackie was a lot of people on live and it was a bu- I was scrolling, 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 and it was a <laughs> lot of cool. on our IG live, leaving comments and messages. And, oh, Amber, um, Kalisha said we need no. Sharice said we need to bring this conversation to um to the art, art and soul. Yeah, the art and soul um thing they do every Sunday. So that would be good. Yeah, yeah we could we could go in there and keep this thing going. But 
Um, yeah, I guess we could we could and I'm a I'ma edit all this so we can do all of that. But um man, uh, oh I want to shout out my boy Kunle for this shirt. I was gonna say your shirt is real shirt. cute. You know what I'm saying? So I want to shout out my man. Hold on. Hold on, let me take a picture. Hey, I'm still waiting on my Du Bois hoodie though. Listen, that um that's 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 best. Can y'all let us know how we can get one of these shirts? Yeah. So how can we I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to get back to you. Oh, okay. <laughs> let me let me do this. Okay. Um, you, can do this. you know, you could go to Instagram, mm -hmm. Free Dope Creative, F R E E D O P E C R E A T I V. Frito Creative, T I V. Or T I V. V is V. V is in victory. Victory. Okay, it's not there. Okay, got it. <laughs> so Frito Creative without an E. And you know, you can see what you need from there. Um, there's website links and all of that stuff. So, you know, people can can get the the gear that they need. Yeah. Listen, I got I, I got this shirt, but I really want my Du Bois hoodie. I've been wanting that for like two years. <laughs> um, I've been I've been waiting. I'm I'm willing to pay whatever. So listen, yeah. I, this this is like being online. You know, at one point you will cross and you will get to be able to wear <laughs> the appropriate attire. Oh wow! I just got to keep putting. I'm gonna you get my letters. Keep putting in. You got to keep putting on the work. Keep putting in that work. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta grab it out. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is this has been the first episode of Street Academy podcast. Co-host uh, <laughs> Amber K. Beasy. Hey. Uh, you know, co-host Doctor Hater over here <laughs> in the building. You know I'm out here. This is this is it. Y'all let us know what y'all think. Um, you know, you can oh tell them tell them where they can follow you if they want to follow you on social media or whatever. Um, I'm at Amber Camila, um, A-M-B-E-R-K-A-M-I-L-A-H on Instagram, but I don't really post that much. Um, but maybe I will start, I probably will start soon because I want to start something related to, um, relearning and relearning nature. So even like how I was mm. talking about the ant, something connected to like all of that, like looking at this whole, like how do we, how do we unlearn all of these isms through nature? Mm. Mm. So, I, like that. I like that. Um, Y'all can find me at Jacket Demission, J A C A D E M I C I A N, mm. on Twitter and Instagram. Dope, dope, dope. Where can we find you, John? You can find me at J Paul Grant on Instagram, on, I think that's me on. Twitter too. What am I on Twitter? I'm either J Paul Grant or I'm Bubba Stanks 07. <laughs> that was that was in my undergrad. <laughs> that was back in the day. But I was Bubba Stanks 07. <laughs> you know how back in high school you had those. Of course. <laughs> we all did. Sexy Red Bone 08. <laughs> <laughs> you got older, it was like, oh, I'm, I'm applying for jobs. I need to switch this up. <laughs> mm -hmm.
my sister name was her email was Duval Diva, and she she saved it. She still has it. No, she's an engineer now. So she's like her whatever her, uh, professional thing is. Oh, that's funny. Like, okay. Oh, play Duval Diva now. <laughs> 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 I like that. Oh man! <laughs> so yeah, you can you can find me there, J Paul Grant. Um, and then on Facebook, <laughs> J A Y space P, the letter P space G E. Um, let me see what else. Oh, I might do a separate one for Street Academy, but right now I'm just filling it out, seeing how people respond, seeing how people dig dig what we're doing. Um, I'll put this under my YouTube link. That ain't really got no videos under it, but one. Um. And yeah, so I don't know. I'll I'll put it up there. Y'all will see it on y'all on the on any of these uh IGs. And yeah, just let us know what y'all think. You know, hit us up on YouTube, leave us comments under the video if y'all like it, if y'all feeling it. Um, if y'all not feeling it, if y'all agree or disagree with something we said or what y'all want us to talk about, um, let us know. You know what I'm saying? Cause this is what we're gonna be doing. This just what we've been doing, so we're just talking about different things and bringing these conversations together and um yeah i think i think it's gonna be a, a interesting ride so i appreciate uh all y'all i appreciate everybody listening and tuning tuning in and um as we i guess as we get into a groove and 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 fit all this into our schedule maybe we'll have a schedule time in which we can record and put up videos but right now it ain't no time just whenever we can sync our our um, free time together, and then whenever mm. I get time to edit it, and then I'll put it up, and then I'll let y'all know. So, that's what's going on. Yay! Hey, all right. All right. Let's go. Everybody good? All hearts and minds clear? We good. <laughs> I, like Bye, that. I like that ending, John. All, all hearts and minds clear. I love that as an ending. Oh, so I should... That that's should, cute. That should be a... Mm-hmm. I'm trying to find out what, what to do each, like... You we'll know, figure you know it out. So if it's like something everybody do, you know, like mm-hmm. whatever. So it'll come. Yeah. So I'm excited. Yay! I appreciate y'all. <laughs> so what I'm this gonna do? Great. Um, I'm a. Uh, I guess I need to stop the recording. Should we say bye? We should say bye or something. Oh, y'all want to say bye? No, we don't have to. We don't have to. Oh. Bye. Piece of eight down down. <laughs> and then now you can like splice that. Yeah, yeah. I'll 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 edit all this. I'll play with it. I've been having fun doing this editing thing. I'm gonna stop recording. Um, 